0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: It's Ty Power's Big Footy Final Sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tires. Ty Power's Big Footy Final Sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. panel this morning consisting of Ben Strang and Hamish Bidwell, both the experienced uh, panellists. And uh, Hamish Bidwell, if I can begin with you today, uh, as you look out your window the same as me, I imagine you're seeing quite a nice blue sky day here in Hawke's Bay for the cricket. But I have looked on the app, the weather app, um, Hamish, and there is a, a possibility of some rain later. Uh, and that just goes with cricket in Hawke's Bay, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, well, Blue Furlong always called himself the farmer's friend and it looks like Lance Hamilton's picked up the baton um, for a senior cricket and organising games. goes, yeah, I'm stuck sweltering in my car here in Hastings. Not a cloud in the sky. Um, slightly underwhelmed by it. My son's going with a few of his mates and his favourite is Rohit Sharma and I've taken him to games at Wellington, test and white ball. Sharma didn't play either of those for India, so he says to me, Sharma playing? No. Kyle Rahul? No. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> Will No. I- no. So uh, I think a rainout might be a good result for the kids because I think they're going to be slightly underwhelmed by what they see. And if I was going to watch the game, I probably won't. Um, The thing I'd like to see is someone give Finn Allen licence to bat the overs. Um, He's sort of got the responsibility for generating the entire strike rate while everyone else knocks it round. And in the infancy of his career, I think we're setting him up to fail. So, uh, yeah, I think New Zealand need to think about how they're configuring your order what sort of ambition they've got in terms of how they're going to generate a strike rate and and perhaps alleviate some of the pressure on that guy.
1: That's a good point, actually, Hamish. It's almost as if we're making the great saviour, Van Allen, and and he's hardly even laced up a boot.
0: No, he's just learning how to play. But because no-one else is generating a strike rate, he's not even just being given the opportunity to bat. He's responsible for for getting the innings underway entirely while others sort of play within themselves or, or their limitations. And so... We either get players in there who can play some more shots or we change our mentality. I don't know what Guptill's done not to get a game anymore. I'm not sure that Tim Seifert's the worst player I've ever seen in my life, but we seem to have a lot of nudges and nerdlers and just say to to, uh, to, to Allen and to a lesser degree Phillips, you have to score the run to the strike rate because the rest of us aren't going to even try.
1: Mm. That's a, that's what it is. Looking at uh, from the outside, looking in, there's no doubt about it. Uh, ben, yeah, it's been uh, an underwhelming um, sort of last two weeks for the Black Caps after such a brilliant performance against Australia in the T20 World Cup. You thought, man, they have set a standard here, uh, and they haven't maintained it.
2: Yeah, it's uh, that was sort of <laughs> it came out of the blue that performance, didn't it? Because I, I don't know if we were expecting the Black Caps to to make the semi-finals to to escape the group, but that was just one of the great sort of one-day well, you know, white ball performances for New Zealand that um, absolutely came out of the blue. I, I think that comment by Hamish is absolutely bang on about Finn and I think telling him that he can bat you know more time his natural strike rate is going to be extremely high. He doesn't have to take extra risk trying to bat at a 200 strike rate or 250 strike rate. I think that's a, a really good point. And I am interested in seeing how they play without Kane Williamson uh, tonight mm. if they play, uh, because even though he was the top scorer in that last match, 61 of 52 balls is pretty pedestrian in 2020 cricket. And when you look at Sir Yakuma Yadav, he faced one fewer ball and scored 50 extra runs, and that's almost the difference there. I think um, it'll be interesting if somebody can come in and just naturally score at a higher strike rate because it's absolutely needed. When when Kane and and uh, Devin Conway back together, for instance, that can be sort of a... <laughs> it's it's not good. It can be a bit of a disaster if they're both trying to noodle it around and and, uh, and can't find singles.
1: The other thing, uh, Hamish Bidwell, we discovered the other night when we were under siege... By uh, uh, Kumar, which was Garraf, uh, I should say, which was an outstanding innings. Uh, no, Trent Bolt. We got to get used to that too at times.
0: Yeah, and Southie's obviously towards the the end of his career as well. And we've sort of decided that five bowlers is the magic number by and large. Um, yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know what the options are. Like, we, do we want to play on dead wickets and then give guys like Michael Bracewell lots of overs and try and Deny teams that way. I'm not sure that we have the firepower without Bolt to to get people out. So do we just play on dead wickets and and load our team up with with spinners and just just try and you know make it like the middle of a a 50 over match? I don't know. But Bolt, what a player! I mean, his his value was underlined at the World Cup. He was outstanding, just astonishingly good. And it pains me that we won't see him. I'm unlikely to see him in Test cricket because he's just such a great practitioner of the art of swing bowling and uh, yeah it, I think we should enjoy him when we can see him because we may not see much more often.
1: yeah I, I totally agree with you uh, one of the other people that's been uh, in the headlines uh, for rugby in New Zealand is uh, Scott Razor Robertson Ben Strang and uh, now we're seeing headlines that saying he's one of three coaches in the mix uh, for the uh, English job high profile job after Eddie Jones that of course including Ronan Ogawa Steve Worthwick and himself Razor Robertson, how do you read this?
2: Uh, I think it makes absolute sense. I, I think if I was Scott Robertson, I would absolutely be wanting to, to take that job and head overseas. Uh, he seems to be one of the hottest coaching properties in world rugby at the moment, unless you're a New Zealand rugby you know, board member or, or executive. So... Uh, it makes sense. He said that he wants to win a World Cup with New Zealand and with another team and England would give him an exceptional opportunity to do that and it just would not surprise me whatsoever if he went and did it.
1: Now what about uh, you, Hamish? Would you, you wouldn't uh, begrudge him a chance there, would you?
0: No, he deserves to be coaching an elite team in Test Rugby and I would wish him every success at that. Um, if I were England, I'd probably, just for political reasons, be thinking of Borthwick. I, I think probably after Eddie Jones, it wouldn't be a, an imprudent idea for them to, to go with a local. Um, I think that's potentially Black Mark against Robertson. Um, you know, he is, and he's an acquired taste. He is quirky. He is unusual. He does things differently, and I don't know if that would necessarily fit the mould in England, depending on what they want to do. They may want to rip it up. They may feel that they've had enough of Jones. They want... Someone who's a bit more bright and breezy, but I would have thought politically, an English coach would be more up their street at this time.
1: Hey, Miss with us this morning uh, as uh, as Ben Strang, and uh, we will be back very very shortly. Uh, we'll just uh, take a quick news break with Araha. Plenty more to talk about, including golf and of course uh, the football World Cup underway. Big talk, big opinions. The panel. Talk, talk, Hamish Pidwell and Ben Strang with us uh, this morning as we look at the various issues on the sporting front and uh, Hamish Pidwell, yesterday morning uh, I watched with absolute delight as Lydia Coe held her nerve and uh, went on to, uh, to win the, the season-ending uh, Tour Championship got a couple of million bucks for it uh, but where does Lydia Coe sit with you um, if you're a voter on the Hall of, uh, on the Halberg Awards this year? Um, against the, the likes of Zoe, maybe Zoe Zoe sadisky Uh
0: I'm not a big awards man, um, so I don't necessarily care. I think that we have we should celebrate people for their achievements, not put them against one another. Um, tell you what, it's a hell of a hot bar for the Golf Hall of Fame, isn't it? I mean, what, what does a woman have to do? She's still got to accumulate a couple more points to, this is Lydia Kahn I'm talking about, to, um, mm. to, to achieve Hall of Fame status. Like, what a career. And to have won this tournament, was it eight years after the first time she won it? I think probably two or three years ago we were looking, we were thinking we were looking at the decline of co and perhaps a move towards an early retirement. But the way she's um, remained relevant, remained competitive in an era where not quite to the same degree as the men, but certainly women, are, there's an emphasis on club head speed and distance off the tee and that kind of stuff. And she's not long, but she's so consistent, um, magnificent temperament. Uh, it's been one of the great sporting years for her and I, I think allied to what Grant Fox is doing and what Stephen Elk has done um, I think it's a it's, I can't think of a better year for New Zealand golf Obviously um, Campbell winning the world match play in the US Open in the same year was was, was phenomenal but I think for consistency mm. and for relevance and for putting this country on the golfing map I I, I can't think of any better
1: Talk about the golfing map too uh, Ben String. you can add Ryan Fox to that, you can add uh, Stephen Elka to that as three individuals who have had exceptional years. It's a it's a golden year for New Zealand golf, surely.
2: Yeah, it's been phenomenal. I, I I don't yeah I can't remember a year ever like it. I mean, we've obviously had our greats over over the over time. You know, your Bob Charles and like Hamish said, Michael Campbell in two thousand five having a stunning year. But to have three golfers who seem to be at the absolute top of their game. And in different ways as well, uh, you know, for Coda to be basically a comeback story after we thought that you know the the career was essentially winding down a couple of years back is is quite phenomenal. Stephen Elker to go from very mediocre on on tour to, to being a superstar in the uh, in the senior ranks is pretty amazing. And then Ryan Fox is just building and building and building, and and looks like he could cement himself in the top twenty five of the world golf rankings. It's it's amazing to watch. And with Lydia Coe, I mean, she says she's going to retire at at 30. So a, a bit like Trent Bolt, I guess we've just got to enjoy it while it
1: lasts. Well, I mean, for instance, uh, the thing about her, Ben, is that uh, we knew uh, Lydia Coe is an 11-year-old golfing sensation, 11-year-old golfing sensation. She's been around now on the uh, LPGA Tour for quite some time, but we feel as if we know her so well because we've seen her development, and the next time we see her play is as a married woman. I mean, her life's unfolded in front of us at a golf club.
2: And yeah, I, I think that's um, that's that is quite remarkable. And I think what has endeared her to Kiwis, especially in recent times, and and probably more so around the world than we would realise, is her honesty and you know how refreshing it is to hear her speak about. Uh, the the troubles that she's had, uh, you know, she talked uh, quite openly about having period pain during a tournament. These sorts of things are uh, sort of breakthrough uh, things to be talking about as an athlete, and I think that has helped cement her place in, in, in at least our sporting, uh, you know, uh, landscape.
1: <laughs> I, I totally agree. Um, and cementing, talking about that on that subject, uh, Hamish Bidwell, we can talk about... Uh, The Black Ferns, of course, who were recognised in the World Rugby Awards. But uh, uh, the next headline I read just concerned me a wee bit because um, having established uh, what they have done in this country for women's rugby in particular, uh, a whole host of them um, will not be available for super rugby or picky, which I find uh, it's a a bit of a shame.
0: I couldn't agree with you more, Ian. Um, Just to me, it speaks of the indifference or the lip service that NZR treat uh, our female athletes with, and also the public to that degree. Like We want to see these people playing, you know, and we don't want the season to start and to live in the live-in domain. With all due respect to live-in, having lived in Waikanae for a long time, I spent many a Saturday and Sunday at Kids Sport and live-in. It's not really, you know, one of those pumping sort of centres of sporting excellence and all fairness to it, but that's where Super Rugby o started, started. The Hurricanes haven't even named a full squad. And we're 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 going to be minus, yeah, as you say, our most high-profile, most beloved female players, and that's a terrible shame. And I think it's a step backwards after the great momentum that was generated by the by the Rugby World Cup. And it, again, I, I I hate being critical of New Zealand rugby because it just feels like you're shooting fish in a barrel. But really, if they cave a toss about it, if they really prioritised it, if they we're trying to feed the public demand and they would ensure that these players are available and they would be showcasing them in proper stadiums in front of tens of thousands of fans because I think we've generated a market for it and an audience that didn't exist. And to hide them away with, you know, second-rate squads in the bin is just a real slap in the face to me.
1: Oh, look, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that, Hamish, because if there's a, if there is a more... Um, I would say appealing name. It's probably not the right word, but a high-profile name anyway. To sport in this country right now, it is Ruby Tui. Now, young women want uh, wanna They will travel a lot of a lot of young girls and young women to watch women's rugby are uh, inspired by people like Ruby Tui. I just want to see her in the you know in the flesh, basically. Not going to. And, and I think that's one of the classic examples.
0: Absolutely, and not just, you know, female viewers. Like, she is one of the most charismatic athletes we've seen and provides a great lesson on how the All Blacks could conduct themselves. You know, New Zealand fell in love with the Black Ferns as much for their personality and their welcoming nature and the fact they wanted us on their journey with them as they did the football itself. The All Blacks, I wouldn't go as far as to say they treat us with contempt, but it's not far off. They They seem to regard themselves as being above us rather than with us and on the journey with them. And the Black Ferns have shown us a different way and they've generated an appeal. I'd like to see them down the main street of Bloody Hastings this morning because I think the nation Mm. didn't get a chance to to celebrate the World Cup with them because it was, you know, in Auckland and Whangarei. But we actually want to be around these women and we want to celebrate with them, we want to watch them and we want to Mm. laud them for what they've done.
1: Massive. a, A massive opportunity going begging. I feel, I understand the government are making plans to celebrate, but... Hell's teeth. I mean, if you ever ever wanted to, to freight a team around the country and say, come and see us, come and meet us, uh, come and play rugby, uh, young ladies, um, this is the time. This is the absolute time. Uh, speaking of timing, uh, of course, too, Ben, as uh, the Football World Cup is on every four years, it becomes the high profile, highest-profile event in the world. Uh, but it's not without controversy. Uh, the venue alone has sparked enough of that. Um, And now we're hearing that um, the captains uh, of England, Wales, Belgium, Denmark, Germany, the Netherlands and Switzerland have scrapped plans to wear one love rainbow armbands um, in support of um, all sorts of genders around the world. Uh, Because FIFA have said, uh, you wear an armband, you get a yellow card straight away.
2: Yeah, they've cornered them, uh, yeah, they've backed them into a corner, haven't they? It's, uh, I love football, I love watching the World Cup, I think it's the best sporting tournament by far, but FIFA has to be the least likeable sporting organisation in the world, doesn't it? Uh, definitely yeah, beats out NZ Rugby, that's for sure. Um, you know, they, they ask the players to leave politics out of sport at the same time as sending players to World Cups in places like Russia and Qatar, uh, you know, in corrupt circumstances, they, they basically want us to ignore human rights abuses and the like, uh, which is disgusting. Uh, then they silence the players and tell them we're going to give you yellow cards. It's not a financial issue for the players. They do it if it costs them money. But if it's going to potentially cost their team uh, their place in the tournament, you know, uh, a long, deep run in a a FIFA World Cup, then uh, you can understand why they would back down. But it wouldn't surprise me as well if, say, a team was knocked out with one pool match left that all of the players all of a sudden – take a stand or, or perhaps the World Cup final will uh, we'll have some players taking a stand on the biggest stage.
1: It'll be interesting actually, I think it was uh, eight or nine yellow cards this morning so officiating is going to be a, a huge factor in it and that was just in the one game I was watching. Uh, Hamish, it is an interesting point because if, if the football isn't brilliant, this could go down as the ugly World Cup because of there's so much peripheral crap going on around it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's truly scandalous that the tournament's there in the first place, let's be honest, and and, and the, the political situation there is borne out by things like American football writer being barred from getting into the USA's game this morning because he had a rainbow t-shirt on, and then, you know, he mentioned to a colleague, I can't get in, they were both detained, I mean, that's, that's distasteful, I mean, even, like, I don't want to be, a, you know, I like a beer, I'm not going to be a hypocrite, like, you can't get a decent beer, and you, can't, you have to pay a thousand bucks for it, like, that's it's outrageous. It's not in keeping with the festival. Or the football world cup should be. And also, I will say, I I don't really care about athletes virtue signaling, and they can do it to the cows come home. But I prefer they just played the football or the cricket or whatever. You know, we won't take money from this third per person, or you know, they're on a pretty good wicket, and for them to dictate how they want to behave or who they'll accept money from and all that kind of stuff, I just think, come on, fellas, let's just get on with the let's get on with the game. Leave the politics to the politicians.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think it's a fair point. It's only just kicked off, to be fair. Only just kicked off, but there is more to come on a number of issues. And I totally agree. How the hell, that, when FIFA come out and say they're quite surprised by the fact that the Qatar Royal Family and Government system says you can't have alcohol at football matches, <laughs> they would have known that from day one. Absolutely would not known that from day one, that that was going to happen. And la- they saved it till the 23rd hour and the 59th minute to announce it. Don't don't pull the wool over their eyes to that degree. Budweiser heavily involved, but you can't get a beer. What a joke! Uh, Hamish Budwell, thank you very much. Uh, enjoy the weather. Hope it uh, stays fine for the cricket tonight. Uh, and uh, Ben Strang as well. Thank you for it very much for your input. They were our panelists this morning. We shall have another one same time tomorrow morning here on SENZ.